A warm welcome to the East Coast Radio Top 40 to Mike and Ryan from Nickelback. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. So, you know, you always have that one song in life where it just brings back unbelievable memories for you. So I want to tell you a story, if I may. I was 13 years old. And my favorite song at the time was Nickelback, How You Remind Me. And I was a decent football player at that stage. And I had an opportunity to go all the way to England to go on trial with Manchester City's Football Academy. And that song just used to just juice me up, man. It was my best song ever. And I was a young boy and I took a plane over to England. I checked into the hotel, nervous as hell, went through the big gates of Manchester City And as I entered the foyer, How You Remind Me Nickelback was playing. And it just gave me a sense of, you know what? This is going to be cool. You're going to rock it. And long story short, they offered me a gig to to join their academy. Wow, man. That's crazy. Good for you. You were really good. Serious. <laughs> it was just such an such an honor to, when I found out I was going to interview. You know, that's the first thing that came to mind. So, you know, thank you for having such a massive impact in my life from such an early age. You know, happy to be a part that's, of it. That's a great story to hear. No, it seriously is. That's very cool. Is there a particular song for you guys? Maybe we can start with you, Ryan. That you know, when you listen to it, it just brings back the most unbelievable memory in your life. Whether it's one of your songs or even a song from those days. Oh. Man, yeah. I mean, I think that's a cool story just in general, just because I'd I love the, the human interest stories that just, you know, it's things, these little touchstones people have. It's like everybody has this. And yeah, I mean, for sure, I've got thousands of them. I, to be perfectly honest, I, I, th- I hate picking one specific song, but there's certain things that, you know, when I hear, you know, um, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds, it just like, it takes me mm-hmm. back to like 86 or 85 when I heard it or something. And, and my cat's going crazy here trying to get outside. You can't listen. I'm doing an interview, my friend. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> Your cat's uh, welcome to join. Eh? I'm a, a big cat lover. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's another story. But yeah, no, I like that, that songs can have that effect on people. I mean, they really do. Every breath you take is another one like from those days you're talking. It's just it's fantastic. And then I just listening to um, my daughter showed me Phoebe Bridgers listening to her stuff and uh some of the music that she makes and motion sickness just like sometimes it just like gets me but just the sound of the music the singing and the vocals are great the sound of the music i like that some songs can still have that effect like today you've got those ones i've got this collection this rolodex of touchstones and they're still happening every day and you hope you can be that for, for somebody right even now absolutely now your song those days it's doing so well on the east coast radio top 40 it's just brilliant in so many ways and the reason it sticks out to me is the lyrics. I mean, you talk about the streetlights and being home when the streetlights come on. You talk about Elm Street not being able to watch it by yourself. Uh, posters on the wall, Guns and Roses, your first dance to Purple Rain. Talk to me about the thing that you missed most about those days. Maybe we can start with you, Mike. You know, when Chad is going down memory lane with these lyrics, it's my story too. You know, we obviously, I've known him his whole life and he's known me for most of mine. And these things, these things about our, my my experience as well. So it's uh, a lot of those, you know, those points that you were just making about the about the first lyrics. I, I, I lived all that stuff. That was our life. The streetlights coming on and you had to go home was, you know, that's not just a lyric. You know, none of that 
life is is just a lyric you know just because it rhymes it, you know i know it, it does it does rhyme but it also is is factual in nature that is that was our life what do you miss most about those days the freedom i think is what i miss the most you know um being young is there's just a certain freedom to it you really take for granted you know that old cliche saying that the youth is wasted on the young i think it's a luxury of being young is you take your freedom for granted you know and i, I think that there's something actually really magical about being able to take something for granted it means you're in a in a really charmed kind of space in your life it, you know if, if your freedom is is you know just being able to wake up and do whatever you want in a day you know obviously in our small town where we grew up it wasn't you know that list wasn't enormously long but you know we were free to do what was ever there you know and and, and freedom in in youth is uh is something that that i feel when i hear that song now talking of those days was music something you always wanted to do from being a youngster in school for me uh, i never really considered actually doing it until it was kind of chad's idea <laughs> he, you know he, he wanted to play guitar and there there was no one around playing the bass and there was a bass guitar in our house because our grandfather was a bass player so i just decided to try it out and i started, i really feel it you know i really enjoy it the, just just the it, because playing bass is something that, that you really you got to feel and not everybody does you know um, but i felt it right away and and i, I was a huge fan of music and i was listening to music at, at, at home you know by myself a lot of times you know sitting down with a record player with headphones on because you know nobody wanted me to blow the room up and, you know with uh, as loud as i wanted to hear it so i would sit there and listen to to uh, you know lp albums with headphones on but i would listen to it and the music would move me in a really really real way but i never thought oh i want to do that you know until the time came when i think i was 15 and chad was 13 and and we actually just started to pick things up and play after we we had seen bands like metallica and the cult and the bands like that live we we're sort of i i think it kind of clicked for both of us watching those kind of bands going i think those are just like really normal guys up there like they're they're, they're just they're just guys this is I possible think, you know, we could maybe do this you know it, it was never a conversation that pointed but i do believe that we were feeling the music but then when we saw people do it live it came to us that oh wow you can actually do this <laughs> you don't just have to go watch you know you can actually do it and you know that i think that sort of began our uh grand experiment that continues to this day i love that story now when you made that transition from being 13 15 year olds watching the likes of metallica like you said and then eventually you're like you know what we're gonna do this thing were your parents supportive my mom was very supportive yeah she was always right behind us yeah they weren't like look you got to get a real job like a psychologist or a doctor they're like music is fine yeah we were we were given the the freedom to give it a shot and and see yeah what yeah my my folks uh were, were really supportive uh, of music music was all around our house too my dad played in a band on weekends so he played bass and, and sang harmonies and and did his stuff with his band country country band we all have wow. our own incubator right so yeah I was steeped in old 60s and 70s country and not having a, a good radio station <laughs> where we were growing up. It's like, it's tough. It's like you get stuck with what you get stuck with. But he knew the uh, the good times and the bad times of touring on the road and whatnot and the, the commitment it takes. And thankfully, they were, he was really supportive. Both of them were really supportive of, uh, of my career. I can relate so much to that story because I'm in a similar boat to you. So my dad has been on radio for 40 years. 
So it's it's very relatable what you're saying, you know, and I just I'm so honored and lucky to do this job and get to speak to people like you. It's such an honor. Now, the lyrics in your song, something that sticks out to me profusely, and it's something I'm a firm believer in, is the time we'd waste because life could wait. Now, if I look back to when I was a kid and you'd press your dial-up modem and it would make that horrible noise and then you could go and have a cup of tea play footy come back in and then only then you're on the net but then in this day and age you press download five seconds later if it hasn't downloaded you start to get frustrated and i think that's what i miss about those days where you could chill and there wasn't that sense of it has to happen right now you're absolutely right i mean you're you're 100 right i was i was just thinking of that yes attention spans are shorter yes it's, it's changing the whole paradigm of just communicating with each other and spending time with each other is is it's so different than what it used to be now i think the, what i kind of like about that is that is that there's a certain amount of acceptance and there's a certain amount of pushback when it gets to that kind of precipice of just like like this is i i'm not getting out of this what i want like i don't like these small bites of attention i get i'm noticing that with with uh my kids is talking about you know just like they're wanting to the phones down and go do something else and i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> like wow. i think it kind of gets to that breaking point yeah because I, you got me thinking about it like in in those days when we talk about one of the lines i like you know with every movie made for us we talk about every movie made for us that was a huge part of huge part of my upbringing when vcrs finally came out holy crap i'm dating myself here it was an actual thing where your friends would go down to the store because we were in a small town where they're just there's no like real movie theaters we, when I moved to Hannah, there was one in there, but but uh, when I, I lived in a different town than these guys until I was like 13, but we would all go to the video store, pick a movie, because if you wanted to see something new and cool and fun and experience it with your friends, that's where you got it. And you all went home and you all sat around the, the TV and we were like cinephiles. We'd, we'd like watch movies and, and, and spend time together the whole time. We just, we don't do that. We digest it differently these days, you know, in if, if you even set all together, you can now share between TVs wherever, or you watch the 30-second clips, and that's the best you're going to get for the attention span. So I don't know. I think about that a lot, but I do like to, I like seeing how people are like, and my daughter's down, I mean, as sure a lot of other people are listening to vinyl and spending time listening to the one side, and then you take it off and you flip it, and it's like it's not doesn't come yeah. with the convenience. But there's something about that that she enjoys. So I, yeah. I, that gives me hope that, that, you know what, there's a lot of experiences we, we're still yet to kind of have. So I think that's great. I think it's just so relatable, as you say, and taking a trip down memory lane, listening to that song, it's just, it's so nostalgic and you just, you hit it on the head there. So nice one. Talk to me about your transition from Village Idiot into Nickelback. <laughs> wow, Village oh, Idiot. We pulled the yeah. masks off. Yeah, it was, um... that was a high school band that Mike and I, you know, started in, in high school. It was just four of us. So Chad wasn't even in the band at the time. And then we we would practice a bunch of songs, play a dance at the community center in Hannah, which was like 2,500 people. And then when that dance was done, project project done. What next? So do we do another one? Do we try to find new songs, blah, blah, blah. And we kind of retired it for a bit until, you know, we all kind of thought, well, why don't we try to do some cover songs on the road, do a little tour. So that's when Chad came on as a lead guitarist. We had a different singer. And when that was the inception of, of that version of Village Idiot, we gave that a shot for about nine months, realizing you cannot make a living. <laughs> Especially at that time, rock wasn't really popular. It was popular with the with the the younger uh, generation, like the college kids and high school kids. But with bar patrons, you know, I think country was a lot more lucrative those days. So 
uh, our paychecks were pretty anemic. So we're like, can we do this? So after about nine months, we shut it down. And that wow. that is the point where it was a few months or maybe a year or so after. I'm not quite sure how long it took, maybe a couple of years, where Chad's like, I've got a few songs. Do you guys want to just go and try to record them? We're like, yeah, yeah, why not? I mean, just to get some studio experience. You know, we're not going and recording someone else's music. This is that, and that was the mentality. We were in a city where it was like full of original bands. We were in a small town where it was like, who's the best cover band? That was kind of what it was. Yeah. So to for us to think, well, we've got originals. Well, yeah, let's give that a shot. I've never done that before, and here we are. Wow! And then Nickelback was born. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even have a name. I remember that they said we didn't. We didn't yeah. even have a name at the time. We're like, I think they were yeah, for a long putting, time. Yeah, they were going to put us on the radio. Well, what's the band's name? We're like. I don't know. Do we have yeah. one? <laughs> All right, Mike, hurry up, come up with a name. So. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's a, that was that. It's funny. That's like the hardest thing we ever do is naming things. Yeah, have you ever noticed that? Like that. That the, uh, this band we album can titles. do. Yeah. You know, like if we have to name an album or, or something like that, it is the hardest part of this whole process, honestly. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Mike, at what point did you all sit together, maybe over a few beers or a whiskey or whatever it is, and go, you know what, guys, look at us. We, we've done this. We've made it. We've made the big time. Was there a specific point in your life? I don't, you know, I, but I don't remember uh, a, a particular moment, the the making it moment kind of thing. I I think there's there's been a whole bunch of things when, you know, the little milestones that, that you, you make, you know, in the beginning, the band, we just wanted to record songs, you know, so we went and recorded them. Okay, check. We, we made a record, which was something that, you know, I, I think you know, was was really an outside shot in the beginning that we would ever even do that. Then it was, how about, you know, I think we could play some live shows and then check, yeah, we start playing live shows. And then what if we could sell out our favorite bar in town, you know, in Vancouver? Could we sell out our favorite bar in town? Check, we did that. Then it's like, hmm, it'd be pretty cool to go on tour. You know, just little steps. So I don't know if there's like a, a made it moment, but there's just a whole bunch of sort of micro challenges that yeah. you know came and then and then we we met them and but we always look to the next one. You know, that's mm -hmm. the thing is we 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 don't really spend much time looking back. It, like we have a little bit during COVID, we've done a little bit of looking back. It's been kind of cool. But uh, otherwise we're usually too busy looking forward. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those situations where, we, like, it, it wasn't an overnight success for us. So we just had, to be perfectly honest, just head down and working and working. And even when How You Remind Me came out and blew up, it was just more more work in, in the good sense. Like, oh, now we can go to different places. We, we can head to, you know, Europe and South Africa and Australia and Japan, you know, in which we were excited about. But we just head down working. I don't know if you, maybe some people look back and, and try to kind of like collect their memories about where they're at success wise but there's moments and i remember a moment i had and that and i remember this really clear memory standing on the stage we were around the drum riser about to go on stage we were you know it's all dark intro music's going we walk up there and uh we're standing there and we've got our in-ears in so it's relatively quiet we're sitting there and then i just kind of pop an ear out there and i'm just like listening and it just the anticipation of the crowd just going, going, and we have this, what do they call them, like that kabuki that goes up, like into the, that got sucked up in the, I, don't, I, can't yeah, remember. I forget what they call it, like a snipper or something like that. Like Something like that, where it pulls the whole yeah, thing out and the reveals names. the band. So we knew that it was going to, it was going to go off as soon as we, that that happened. And I'm looking over and I kind of bumped Chad. I'm just like popping ear and he's like, I'm like, 
this is this is pretty cool like there's just moments where you have to kind of like listen and go and i know it's it's a very small it's like a very not uh it's not a very eloquent phrase but that encapsulated so much like hey man take a second here this is pretty cool like this this what we're doing this that we've stuck around long enough this is pretty cool and he's like yeah yeah it's moments like that you're just never going to forget, right? Yeah, yeah, and you need, I think you need to remember those moments because you can be, like I said, head down working and miss a lot of things or you could be soaking in everything and, and all of a sudden believe all the BS that people say about you, good or bad, and it's, I don't think that's healthy for you either. So it's nice that I think that we, we all respect each other enough and we all take the piss out of each other enough too that, you know, when we say something, it has weight to each other, I think. And so, uh, and we respect each other's opinion enough that we do kind of consider it. So I, I like that. I like that it's still there. So we do this thing with all the celebrities on our show. And John Legend was with us a month ago. And his answer to the question I'm about to ask you was hall pass. Becky Hill from the UK, her answer was a dog collar. So as a band, you've been through so much. You've had ups, you've had downs, you've experienced so much together. What is the weirdest thing a fan has ever said or done to you? Yeah, the, the craziest thing a fan ever did uh, for me was to break and enter in my home uh, and uh, just hang around my house till the cops got there and uh, booked her and threw her in jail. Where, where were you at the time? <laughs> I, I was on the road, actually. So how did you know this person was in the house? Did your alarm go off? Or? I had a, um, a personal assistant at that time that lived in my guest house, and, and she witnessed this person going around the house looking in the windows and then trying to gain entry and and she actually called the police so yeah that, that's one of those real fun fan experiences <laughs> yeah well that that's that's right up there that that beats john legends any day ryan what's your what ryan what's your story oh it was it's nothing it's nothing huge it was just we were we were at a very low le low level of our career i think we were it was probably in 99 or something like that, or 2000. Uh, I know what you're I, remember, I, remember, I know this one. <laughs> do you, I don't know. Well, we, we played a gig and we were just walking back to the bus. And we were about to get on. There were some fans, some fans, there were just a handful. And this one uh, woman walked up and she and I got it. And I'm just like, hey, hey, hey. she's like, I just want to smell you. And I'm like, oh. you just want to smell me? I remember like trying to get on the bus. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Like, I got on the bus. I'm like, what? Not weird. Wow. That was just, it was just weird. And I'm like, a little bit. But then, yeah, well, you meet all kinds, I suppose. So, man, for everybody out there, I've done that. I, you know, don't, I don't know don't if it's the it. sweat. Yeah, no, yeah. I was like, no, there was definitely no, there was no consideration. It was like, no, <laughs> I'm leaving. Sorry. I hope you enjoyed the show. Goodbye. Don't want to lose another fan. Don't smell me. Two options. You either walk away or you just go, yeah, sure, go for it. You know? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like, you mean this right here? Yeah, okay. That's weird. That's weird. Anyway. So we're so excited about your brand new album, Get Rolling. Uh, is it your 10th album? Am I right? I've, I've been told that. Number 10. So let me ask you this. Knowing what you know now about creating albums, because you guys are just amazing at it. If you had to go back and speak to yourself when you first released your very first album, what advice would you give yourself then, knowing what you know now? Keep doing what you're doing. You just keep going. That, seriously, that's it. Because because that's that's really what we did. What was just like he, you know, like Ryan said earlier about just keeping your head down and doing the work. That's kind of always been our our mo is is just keep moving, just keep going, and and yeah. you know the only one that can stop you is yourself. Really, you know, no one can make you quit <laughs> except yeah. for you. 
it, it is sure. it is strange it's like i mean you can take advice and you're looking for an accomplice or somebody to uh to uh, push you in a certain direction but i mean we've learned a lot of lessons on the way and that's just from kind of doing it the way we figured out how to do it and i wouldn't trade those so there's a lot of good a lot of good lessons you know outwardly and yeah. inwardly as a band as well agree learned just by figuring it out i'm not sure i would change things yeah I, i don't yeah i think i think it would just be keep going i think that would be the advice just keep keep doing your thing i'd probably say mike don't wear that salmon shirt and worthy to save video that's what oh I would say. you know where were you on that one? yeah that I was really could have used choice. it there uh, you know what? Hey, you know we what? That's, these days. We can we can change the color of that shirt these days. You know it's that? what happens when you go along with the stylist. <laughs> you know, you just shouldn't listen to the stylist. And and you know, sometimes life has to be lived, and you know, mistake has to be made to learn the lesson. And let me tell There you, you Sam, sure, it was a good lesson. That's it. No, it, that is actually. You know what? That is something I'd say. I would go back and tell them, "Don't always listen to the stylist. Sometimes they know what they're talking about. Yeah. Sometimes." They just dress you up, and then they walk away to the next gig. They're not stuck with that picture forever. And and they got to justify go. their paycheck, right? So you know they got to somehow go. change something and be like, "I got the guy to wear the salmon shirt." And uh, I don't know if that'd be a real good, uh, real good calling card for their work. Uh, but, uh, you know, it did good. happen. It's all good. You know, the sense I get from both of you is that you're just so humble. So you're probably like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to wear the salmon shirts. It's fine. That's what I get from both of you. Well, we're I playing it today, off well because we both have just yeah. raging egos that just can't be contained. <laughs> and, you know, we're just really great actors. And we're going for, you know, Academy Awards here more than anything. You know, well, then you're going to win. You're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, every artist and band that I've spoken to over the past couple of years, They've always had a song that's been on the back burner and they've left for years and years and years. And then, you know, eventually they're like, you know, we're going to bring that song back. What song is that for you that you've left on the back burner for the longest? Wow. I actually think it's on this album, probably. Chad had this song called Does Heaven Even Know You're Missing, which I said kind of sounds like a bad pickup line, to which he <laughs> agreed. There's more to the content, so take a listen and see what you think. But it was a strong song melodically. That was one of the songs he showed um mutt yeah dark dark course course back in 08 yeah and he was like yeah looking further down we're like okay so we kind of pushed that to the side and we already had a song that was kind of that style and we're like well you know you don't we don't want to load it up with a bunch of kind of like it's 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 another kind of a ballad uh but not a not a quiet one it, you'll once you people get a chance here they'll, they'll get what i'm saying but that one was on the back burner for was that 14 years 14 years yeah, yeah it was there yeah. for a long time and so well it's one of those things sometimes too right where you're like i've got this thing i don't know if it's a good idea it might be it might not and then you're like ah, no, i'm not going to show anybody and then you don't show anybody their the idea or the riff for years and then people like you know what? this could work a good song is a good song you know and you hope that they become timeless or they can just be a timeless sounding song so yeah that was the case in that song we pulled it out of retirement and stuck it on this album mm. Can't wait to hear that. Now, on our show, we always play games and have fun with the celebrities on the show. And it's a bit harder because it's on Zoom. So normally, it's five questions in 30 seconds, but you're Nickelback. So let's throw in an extra question there because you guys have got this. It's called Call Out Your Mates. So going back all the way to those days, all the way to now, you can name any band member. It can even be yourself. Are you ready for it, guys? Okay, let's do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, I like I, I like this. All right, the clock starts now. Who's the most sensitive band member? Daniel. Daniel. Who tells the worst dad jokes? Me. Mike. <laughs> Who spends too much time on their hair? Not, it's uh, not Mike. No. I mean, well, I do spend quite a lot of time making it go away. You know? 
Yes, Chad. Who sleeps the most on tour? Yes, Chad. Who's the biggest party animal? Chad. Chad. Wow. Who spends the most money? Chad, by far. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the most money? Chad, by far. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Okay, well then this last question is stupid, but I'll ask it anyway. Who has the coolest car and coolest house? Chad has all the coolest cars. And if, if you j- judge cool by the size, Chad's house is way cooler than ours. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you go by the square meter, he, his house is awesome. Is it is it true about the rink below? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is true. Yeah, what a He's got a rink below there. It's funny. He did it, and uh, it's like a, I don't know if it's a third size rink or a half size. It's not like a huge, it, it's big. It's quite big, actually, but it's not like uh, a yeah, shell like size. A third. I think it's a third. And then uh, Michael Bublé built a place here in Lower Mainland here in Vancouver. And he put one in his basement. Did he and really? We're, we're, yeah, we're, oh yeah, you know that? Yeah, we're. No, I, I don't I, know. I've known Mike weirdly through his, his, uh, his sisters are married to friends of mine. I got to know him. It's like, we should like get two teams going. They would practice in the Blue Blay rink and Nickelback rink. <laughs> like a serious competition, but it's a, it's a weird thing to have your house, I would think, especially ice in the summer. That's yeah. like- My money's on Nickelback team all the way. So <laughs> we're gritty. So. Your song is doing so well on the charts. Your album is here. What's next for Nickelback in the future? What can we expect? We're going to do what we always do. We're going to get our act together and then take it on the road and uh, try to get around the world a couple of times and hopefully make more music, you know, in the future and, and just keep doing it. You know, the, the, these lockdowns were a little bit of a blip in the in the matrix for us, but uh, we're going to get back uh, back on the program and get back to work. We have a documentary that we've been threatening to release for two years now, and COVID kind of. We're gonna threaten again. We're gonna threaten it again. That that's new. That's gonna be something at some point here. We're gonna try to release yeah. it in conjunction with touring and um, tour announce and and whatnot. We're gonna see how to roll it out, but hopefully that's of interest to some people too. But we're that's the it's the other side of Nickelback. You get to see the inside of Nickelback. That sounds Ooh. weird. All right, okay. Uh... <laughs> That's almost as bad as can I smell you. Right? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, I know you get asked this all the time, but I have to ask it because so many bands are coming to South Africa. We've got Craig David coming over in December. Have you got any plans to come to South Africa? We, we don't have anything planned yet, but it's in the long range plan to do it. You know, we, we do want to get back there. I, I want to come back and swim with the sharks again. You know, that, that, that was awesome to go in, a, uh, in the cage with your, uh, with your great whites. And I just had a great time. So I can't wait to go back. Oh, that's brilliant. Look, we would welcome you with open arms, Hey, Honestly, we are dying for entertainment. And as you know, your fan base here is huge. And it's just telling, you know, when your song plays on the ECR Top 40 those days, the WhatsApp line just goes absolutely crazy. And they always revert back to those days. And I'm talking about how you remind me as well. So there's that amazing thing of capturing the audience from back then and then grabbing the youngsters of today with your brand new music and you just yeah. you're hitting it on the head do you think that's how you're keeping relevant I, I think that's part of it for sure i mean yeah. i think it's a huge part of it well first off i'll, I'll say that uh yeah no we, we really want to come back and play we played the coca-cola dome in johannesburg and the yeah. grand arena and please call grand arena in cape town the, the the reaction to people from there was just so overwhelming with the first time we went there was just unreal so yeah we really want to get back we want to play to people that want good music as far as you know 
yeah, the demographic that that are you know listening to our music, whether you know starting with our age and a little bit younger, and now yeah, there's a there's a whole other online kind of presence that seems to be kind of taking a hold of some old songs and running with it. We saw one of our songs from No Fixed Address to start to trend on TikTok out of the blue, and my daughter comes in, yeah, my friend says your song slaps, and I'm like, oh, it does Is that slap. A tell, her thank you. tell her thank you very much, <laughs> and it's like, and I'm just like. How the hell do you even know about that? Yeah, what the, what the and, hell uh, just happened? Yeah, that was I, funny. I'm telling you, it, it's super flattering because she went to uh, one of her grad parties for the beginning of grad year. She's graduating this year. So she went at the beginning of the year that this big camp out party. She comes back. She goes, Jesus, Dad. Like, you won't believe how much Nickelback they were playing. I'm like, really? Like, I'm <laughs> genuinely dumbfounded. I'm like, really? Well, how did they even know about it? So I, 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 I should stop asking questions. Say, well, thank you. That's, that's very, just enjoy very it. kind of them. Just enjoy it. So I... Everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome to our show. The power of social media. Hey, you got to love it. Massive on TikTok. Look, it's been an absolute honor for me to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, oh, it was Danny. great speaking with you, Danny. Take care, okay? To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.